Welcome in to the Locked On Knicks podcast. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, a routine 122-97 to blowout of the Houston Rockets. You were saying it, Alex, before we started recording. I'm going to echo the sentiment. This is just this is just what the Knicks do. They beat up on bad teams because they're a good team. That's what good teams do. Yeah, and you know the Knicks, <laughs> they did all the things that good teams do too, like Julius Randle scoring 30 points. 31 to be exact in only three quarters, getting a little rest before this this long and you know extremely difficult road trip coming up. RJ Barrett had himself another great game. Uh, Derek Rose and Emmanuel Quickly off the bench were phenomenal. Little concerning note, Nerlens Noel hurts himself in this game. TBD on how that's going to affect him for this road trip, but potentially could affect his status for Memphis. So we will talk about all that in this episode of Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I am Gavin Shaw, a now resumed play-by-play broadcaster, but more importantly for all of your purposes, a podcaster. That's really who I am at heart, a podcaster. And I'm joined by Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the greatest Knicks website out there, The Strickland. And the Knicks got a big win tonight, 122-97 to over the Houston Rockets, Alex. Um, I was telling you a, a little bit uh, before the show, this was probably the, con- I don't know if I was just in a serene mood. It was a beautiful summer night. I had some some really good uh, Oatly ice cream, so I was, I was really feeling myself, but I was just I was just calm throughout. My heart rate did not go up. I did not get stressed. I got excited a few times, like when, when Randall made those back-to-back threes, when IQ started draining from, from the H at half court, but Never really stressed this one. This one just felt over um, almost as soon as it began. And in retrospect, I remember I was saying um, before this game, you know, the Knicks maybe should be a little worried about the Rockets. They're coming off that big win, but that's the thing with horrible teams. Whenever they, whenever they get an incredible season-defining win, they almost never win the next game because they're crappy teams. And and, and we we know crappy teams for our years and years and years covering these Knicks. And I I, I just couldn't help but think during the game like. How weird is it to be on this end of the late season blowout where for one team, the season's just over. That team in this case is wondering if they're even going to get to keep their pick and reap the rewards of their horrible season. And, and I was just thinking how good it feels to like be on the, be on the other side of that. And I'm, this is, this is a bad thing to admit because I know, I know we like, we hate the Mavericks. Um, and I, I like I find myself with our with our good friend Alex Nick Angstad. I, I always like I saw Luka Doncic had like a game with thirty six points and like twenty assists last night. I'm I'm kind of estimating, and I was thinking like, oh man, what would it what would it be like to like have to have a young star like that? That would be so cool. And then I was like, oh wait, the Knicks the Knicks sort of do now. Like it's almost like I I forget, but Julius Randle has kind of made me not not Doncic t- tier because no one really is, but a, a level below that. He's he's kind of become that guy. 
And tonight, um, in, in a big Knicks win, it was it was another example of of all the things that have changed in New York in the last year. Well, fun fact, Gavin, there was one other Rockets game before this game, which was the Warriors game. Oh, after right, that right, Bucks right, win. right, right. Yeah. So okay. they're now on a two-game losing streak, which gotta, is right where they belong. <laughs> I got to keep up with the, with the Rockets a little bit more. I, I can't you know, believe I lost focus during this, this all-time season. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. You know, it seems uh, I was watching the little reaction video from uh, the Locked On Rockets host, uh, Jackson Gatlin, and it was uh, he, he appeared to be asleep. For the video which seems apt um <laughs> but we are not we are awake we are ready for every single game and yeah i mean i i'm with you it was it was very refreshing to have this sort of low stress game you know the next day they came out clyde was saying that he thought this was going to be a trap game and uh i can't say i agree necessarily i i think the knicks have proven to be pretty good at neutralizing the other team's best player and really the only way that the Rockets can beat you at this point, at least a team of the Knicks caliber, which again, crazy to say, is uh, if you know you have a guy like Kevin Porter go for 50 points, because I think that Porter is the only guy on their team that's worth anything right now, <laughs> which is really sad considering they traded away two former MVPs this year. <laughs> and the only guy that they have is the guy that they took a flyer on uh, for like a second round pick from the Cavaliers. So interesting situation going on in Houston right now. Um, but yeah, it was, a uh, it was a great game. I, you know, I loved Randall just sort of effortlessly beating them. And, and the best part was in the third quarter, he poured in 15 points. Uh, it seemed like Houston was kind of talking smack to him a little bit. And Randall all of a sudden took a personal and was like, Oh, like, shut up. <laughs> like you guys don't get to talk to me. Like I, I'm better myself than your whole team. And he basically proved it in that third quarter, uh, scoring 15 points, which I think was only, yeah, only 12 less than what Houston as a whole mustered in that quarter. Um, and finished with 31 points in just 30 minutes. Didn't even have to play the fourth quarter, which is extremely refreshing. Um, I think actually I, you know, we, there was a couple of really interesting shots that Randall hit in this game that we kind of wanted to note. Uh, one in particular was one that our buddy Benji Ritholtz from the Strickland uh, noted on Twitter, which was that there he hit a couple times in this game a like a a left baseline uh, sort of like spin move uh, fadeaway jumper, which was wild. It was it was very like you said Kobe esque, and and I agree. It's like he kind of started with the ball uh, backing down and then and then did a spin move on his right shoulder to, to then end up uh, taking a, a jumper fading away with his left hand. And it was it was a really impressive display of shot making uh, both times that he did it. And it almost seemed like Randall was just almost trying to be disrespectful in this game and just like try out new things <laughs> like eh, I don't do this every game, but you guys suck. So I'm going to give it a shot. And he just kept hitting and hitting and hitting and hit 13 to 22 shots overall, four and nine from three. Uh, still had six assists to go with that as well. Just the latest in a long line of, of fantastic games for him. But I really enjoyed watching him, him like chirping at the the Rockets after pretty much every make uh, from about the midway point of the third through the end of the quarter. Even had one at one point where I think it was uh, a second consecutive three he had hit in a row, caused the Rockets to call timeout. He uh, went down the other end, like kind of flexing and, 
you know, showing off. And then you could see Worldwide West on camera, uh, who was at the game, freaking out and like yelling at Julius and like, you know, probably telling him like, you're the man, like, you know, whatever. These guys can't play with you. And they were just having a fun time together. So it's it's fun to, like you said, be on the other end for once that we're, we're now we're the good team. The Knicks are the good team and the Knicks beat up on the bad teams. And I tell you what, they really needed this one because, you know, it's not to say that it was for sure a must win, but it was about as close as you can get because you need to come out of this. We, we talked about it on our show on Friday. You have to come out of this road trip at three and three. At least that's what we think. You know, you want to come and, and winning this game was step one because they're by far the easiest team that the Knicks are going to play on this trip. Now it's all West playoff teams the rest of the way out. You got the Grizzlies who are a fringe team. Then you got uh, the Suns. You got the the Clippers. You got the Lakers. And who am I forgetting? I forgot the one that comes after the Suns. Oh, Whoever Clippers. it is. Now the Clippers, Clippers. Got the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, I forget. Whatever. I'll look at a schedule in a minute. Um, but, you know, you got this really hard road trip coming up and you can't oh, denver 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 duh yeah that's probably the toughest one that's almost the one i feel most sure that they're gonna lose to be honest uh because they just never play play that well in denver itself so yeah this is a great win great win a lot of fun in in a very calming way you know this wasn't a edge of your seat blockbuster win this was just a routine beat down of a really bad team yeah, it was it was it was a kickback instead of a party. But uh, I want to I want to get a little bit more into Randall because I think to your point, Alex, he tonight and and again we've we've noted before he sort of he looks like a Hall of Famer against bad teams this entire year. But he he hit that uh, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan level of basketball mastery where you're just testing stuff out in game and almost using the game as as a practice. But first, let me tell you guys about Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications and schedule your complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately. And Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right. We are back on the Locked On Knicks podcast. And as promised, I want to get into Julius Randle. I've already invoked Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. Let me let me throw in uh, two more of the top 10 to 12 players of all time. That fadeaway looked kind of like Kobe Bryant on it. And just in general, throughout the second half of this game, and, and really, really even a bit in the first half, um, it felt kind of Kevin Durantian, where like when Durant gets hot, it feels like 
I not even that there isn't defense on the floor. It's just like he doesn't really notice them, or it's like a bunch of little kids just running around, kind of doing their own thing while he's an adult playing his own game. Um, it, it it really was like he he was he was just physically like on top of raining down jumpers. He was just too big for Houston. Like he was he absolutely barbecued. Um, oh wow, this is uh this is against my vegan heart, but he he absolutely barbecued. Uh, Lamb at one point, he uh, toasted Armani Brooks on a little bit of a drive, straight up babied Deshaun Tate for a turnaround, um, had like a hanging double pump, had the back-to-back threes. He had the one three in the corner in the first half where it, like, and, and this is what you're starting to see more and more from Randall. And you can tell he's even ascending to another level as a shooter where it, it's what I call a shooter's three. Where, where a guy catches it and just clearly doesn't even really like hesitate or think about it um, and, and barely even jumps on the shot. Like it's purely on the strength of the follow through and, and you're just feeling yourself so much that you're like, yeah, I can just, I can just kind of flick this in. I don't, I don't, I don't really have to go through the whole motion. Um, and, and he's, he's hitting that level like of, of hotness. So just maybe, maybe it, it'll prove to be permanent. Um, he also had one of the three best passes of his entire season where he like drove middle um, reverse spin move as if he was going to shoot that um, like pivot, right left-hand fadeaway, but then just like mid shot motion fired a bullet to the opposite corner for Reggie Bullock. And uh, on top of the vision, it's the same thing that makes LeBron James such a great ant- a great passer, the strength and the ball placement, like to get that ball across the court with any kind of zip on it, and for that pass to still be accurate while you're leaning on one foot with the defender all over you in the midst of your shooting motion is just absolutely insane. Um, and then ended the night as he opened the night, just going to the rim and getting an, an easy bucket. And that was, I mean, that was really, really enticing to me that on, on a night where it would have been easy for him to fall in love with his uh, jumper. And to some extent he did. Um, he sort of bookended each side of his scoring by getting to the basket. Only small complaint from Randall is he had, he had another one of those bad turnovers like early in the game where he like kind of carelessly spun back. I wouldn't really have made note of it, except there were a few of those in the Bulls game and it felt like a little bit of regression. And then the other thing was he's, he's had a tendency this year um, when he gets really, really hot to occasionally force off shots and look off wide open guys. Like he had, he had a bad like spin miss that clank late in the third quarter where RJ Barrett was wide open, but um, I'm absolutely picking nits on a night where he, Scored 31 points on 22 shots, had seven boards, six assists. All I'll say is something that Benji and others have reiterated multiple times. Um, he 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 even even when he's shooting really really well, he has to keep getting to the bucket, and that has to be a part of his diet, game in game out. Especially when like like um, Tibbs finished uh, Randall's night at least with a lineup around him of IQ, RJ, and Taj. Um, not that, not that Rose is, is an incredible shooter, even though tonight he was, um, but if, if he's going to give Randall that kind of spacing, Randall has to make a real effort to get to the bucket. And, and he was by the time he was out, but Alex, uh, do you have anything more on Randall? Or you want to jump over to someone else? Uh, no, I think he did a pretty good job and I, I already kind of gushed about him. I did realize we didn't even, we kind of buried the lead here. I totally forgot in all the victory lapping to note that the Knicks secured a 500 record today. They, they are for sure going to finish no worse than 500 this season now, which is crazy, crazy stuff um, that I never in my wildest dreams thought they were going to get at the beginning of the season. But by getting their 36th win, 
They can now finish no worse than 36 and 36. Officially now, this is now the best season since 2012-13 because they haven't finished above 500 since that season. So pretty wild stuff to think about there. I, I need uh, to I, um, immediately delete the locker room episode where I said they were going to be 34 and 36 like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, joke's on you, buddy. Um, I mean, hey, nobody nobody could have realistically seen the uh, now 11 of 12 wins stretch coming. I don't think so. I guess you're forgiven, Yeah, Because <laughs> um, I, I forget what I said they were going to get. In that episode, you, you say, were you were like four games ahead of me, so you, yeah, you, get, a, you get a little bit yeah. of a break. I stand They're by probably going to pass it, by. but it looks I still a little think better. Forty is probably in the cards. Hopefully, a little better, maybe like forty-one. But anyway, uh, I think if I was going to move this a different direction, uh, I do feel like we shouldn't bury RJ's night, but I'm going to bury it for just a little bit longer because I want to shout out uh, Rose and IQ. In this game, I think it's going to be really important for them to be on during this road trip because this, you know, facing the rock, you know, the Rockets or some other bad team is one thing where they don't really have any depth to begin with. So their starters stink, their bench stinks, you know, whatever. And so it's it's one thing for, you know, those two guys to show out tonight. I do. I hope that this was just a tune up, though, because against these other West teams that they're about to face, they're going to face like some legitimate championship contenders. And that means that those teams are probably rocking like eight to 10 deep with guys that could reasonably start on a lot of NBA teams. And that's, you know, the the sort of buzzsaw that the Knicks are about to run into. And so it's, you know, the Knicks are not going to in all likelihood be able to go out there and, get out to these early leads with their starters like they have been lately, unless they really come out smoking hot. But even so they're going to need their bench to, to hold serve, you know, while the starters are sitting and, you know, if Rosen quickly are going to continue coming off the bench, then, you know, it's, it's very important that they keep playing the way that they have. And particularly the way that they did in this game. Uh, this one was awesome. I mean, Rose, uh, 24 points, 8 of 11 shooting, 4 of 5 from 3, you already noted. Uh, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Quickly, 13 points on 5 of 9 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3. Rare game where he did not get any uh, free throw attempts. But 4 assists for him as well. Hit one three-pointer from the H in the H-Town logo, which is plastered across center court uh, on the, uh, the Rockets court there. So... That was super impressive by him. And all in all, like both of them just played a fantastic game. Probably their best tandem game together, I thought. Uh, it, it maybe, I don't know, there's probably been some others that maybe came close. But the the best game between the two of them I can remember in recent memory, uh, combining for 37 points is no small feat. Rose was a nearly team high plus 35. Taj Gibson finished as a plus 36 in 32 minutes which is insane uh and maybe partly just due to the fact that he had to play a bunch more minutes than usual with noel going down which we'll get to in a minute um but gavin i'll uh i'll throw it to you in a minute i do just want to take my turn at telling people fun things to do here first thing would probably be you know you should go to betonline.ag if you want to bet on the Knicks, because 
the Knicks are winning a lot right now. Imagine if you would bet on all these Knicks wins, you could probably be like a gazillionaire by this point. So why not, you know, better late than never. Get in on the action with betonline.ag. Also, the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKED ON. Again, go to betonline.ag. And use promo code locked on bet online, your online sports book experts. And today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar, which, if you have not heard, somehow is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have so many amazing flavors that I, I can't even choose just one or two to recommend to you because I've tried a ton of them and I love so many of them. Cookies and cream. Is fantastic. Caramel brownie is decadent and delicious. Coconut almond tastes just like an almond joy, one of my faves. Peanut butter, I mean, tastes exactly like what you would think it would taste like. Tastes like peanut butter. What's better than that? Peanut butter and chocolate. Toffee almond, super yummy. And every single built bar is covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Really give you that candy bar experience without the candy bar guilt. That's because Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. For example, the peanut butter bar, which I just said, super yummy, kind of gives you that, like a like a chewy Reese's Cup kind of experience, uh, has 19 grams of protein compared to just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. If you want to try some Built Bars for yourself, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Gavin, I just monopolized the time enough to to talk about uh, all that at the end, of all the Rose and Quickly talk there, plus tell everybody about our great sponsors. But do you want to talk at all about Rose and Quickly some more, or do you want to hop into some RJ Barrett talk and, and acknowledge his night? Or maybe we could get to the depressing news and talk about New Orleans in a while. Cool. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it off for just a minute. I want to... I want to just make some some final points on, on Rose and quickly. Um, I agree agree with everything you said on Rose. I, I really think uh, at this point, and, and this is uh, Benji, we, we just got to have him back on because he's getting a lot of plug tonight. But I, I agree with everything uh, you said and, and, and what Benji said about him um, was that Rose, I mean, as much as we were like uh, fawning over IQ's floater, Early in the season, Rose far and away, man, the best the best floater on this team. Like it, it, it's crazy the variety and, and the sheer accuracy the last few weeks. Like it, it's it, it's almost inexplicable how hot he is from that range. We we I know we had the same reaction with IQ at the beginning of the season, but this is almost on another level with the degree of difficulty that he's had. Um, his final bucket of the night, I thought was really great. Like where he drove in, and, and he, he's been going to this move a lot at the end of shot clocks. Um, like drives in reverse pivot pass fake pivot the other way like weird flip push floater um that just just seems to swish in every time and then iq um the the first shot of the game that he made was and i think this is this is a little bit of an it's it's a minor problem especially when he's when he drains an insane step back three after but it's something i've noticed with him 
um, where he he'll catch it and it, it kind of goes back to early in the season. He'll have a second to shoot from a few feet behind the arc, and he, he weirdly hesitates, waits for the defender to close, and then tries to blow by him. And, and normally, like it, it's good to attack a closeout, and especially for someone who in the past has been known primarily as a shooter, it's kind of nice that his inclination is to beat the closeout and, and drive and either get a layup or, or just keep the ball swinging around. Um, but that only works in situations where defense is really scrambling. If if you're in one where you where you just kind of have a second to shoot and the defense can do like a slow measured closeout, you're not going to beat that person because they're not off balance when when they're coming out to you. Um, so I, I prefer if he just takes that shot initially. In this case, again, he just pivoted into a step back three. But my instinct right now is he's he's kind of gotten to the point, and maybe this is just because of how the Knicks have used him all year where he's more comfortable shooting threes off the dribble than he is on the catch to some extent. Um, or maybe I'm reading too much into that and he, it just happened a couple of times, but just, just something I noticed. And, and then the other thing I really love with him is, is that he's, um, I mean, he's finding ways to finish inside and because he's not particularly explosive, athletic or strong yet, it takes a lot of skill and, uh, and creativity and coordination, but thankfully he excels in all those areas and we've seen him really get good at like driving him with his right hand and without ever gathering the ball, just picking it up all in one motion from his dribble without ever involving the left and, and, and finishing with, with those righty flip shots going across his body. Um, and over the summer when he gets in the gym and he gets more time to work on his footwork on those, on his touch on those, and, and just gets flat out stronger. So we'll see more where he can actually um, kind of do the step thing and, and bump into people and hang and hit and finish. I mean, this guy, I mean, for, I, I'm using a cliche, but he's, he's going to be an absolute problem. But yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Nerland's Noel a little bit. Uh, obviously, very worrisome. Uh, Taj Gibson uh, played 32 minutes tonight, I would say, a little bit inexplicably. I think, I think Tibbs could have pulled him a bit earlier in the fourth quarter, even, even though Norvell Pell did not look very good uh, when he came in. I think the Knicks would have been just fine, or or they would have been just fine going a little bit smaller. Um, though Obi Toppin was was getting toasted when he was when he was the functional center out there, so I I, I kind of get why Tibbs was was hesitant to do that. And and Toppin, it, it's sort of um, a few years ago. I think it was it was either Brian Windhorst or Dave McMenamin wrote this article about how LeBron was playing crazy minutes, but he was moving less than almost anyone in the NBA. Uh, Taj, that's not generally true tonight. He he had a little bit of a night like that where you could tell like he was like all right I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to play big minutes again tomorrow I'm playing big minutes tonight I'm 35 years old God damn it I gotta I gotta take it slow um, and and he was he was kind of moseying around um, but if Noel is out for the rest of this road trip the Knicks I would say uh, I would say it's unlikely they win is however many games you had them winning before Noel went out it, it's unlikely they get to that and and that's I mean one a credit to Noel and how exceptionally well he's been playing. But two, just just a representation of what they have left, and the fact that I, I think Pell can do can do spot work as as a rim roller and, and a rim protector, but he's just he is not the same guy. And, and it, it's kind of funny. It's uh, like you go like like Mitch to Noel is an acceptable downgrade, and and Pell is is nominally in the same like archetype of player as those two guys, but his game is is just not even in the same stratosphere. So I think it's going to be a real, real issue against like, like when you're playing the LeBron James and the Jokic's and the Kawhi's of the world, they're, they're getting Norvell Pell on switches um, or, or, or their teams are just good enough to swing the ball around, find the mismatch, really attack it. Um, and I think, I think that's potentially very bad news for the Knicks. And, and Alex, we know with, 
with ankle sprains, even even with the minor one, he, he's likely to be out two, three games. So the Knicks just kind of have to hope for the best on that front. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think I think that the downgrade to Pell is pretty significant as well. I mean, I do think that Pell can offer some stuff for sure, like the shot blocking and the just kind of like raw athleticism that you get out of Noel, but he's just like a, a way, way less refined version. Or maybe the better the better like comparison is like a way, way less refined version of Mitch because Pell, I think is a little bigger, like can kind of hold his own, I guess against bigger body guys better, but just has like zero discipline for fouling uh, has a lot of shot blocking talent and all that, but zero discipline for fouling. That's why he's averaged like it's something obscene. It's like eight fouls per 36 minutes for his career or something like that. Um, he's pretty much just a goon to go out there and, you know, block some shots, maybe hit a dude. I, I don't know exactly what what the role is going to be there, but yeah, if you got it, if you got to be without uh, Noel, that that's going to be a big blow. I do think maybe this next game against Memphis, they can absorb it a little better than they can in uh, the the games after that because Valanciunas is a big body and tough to deal with, but I think you could probably and Tibbs is shown that he'll do this in the past. I think you can match his minutes with uh, Taj Gibson's if you start Taj and specifically game plan to keep him out there with Valanciunas as much as possible. I think you could pull that off and then maybe even finally run small because, you know, they have Jaron Jackson back, but Jaron Jackson doesn't scare me from a like big man perspective. You know, he's not, He's not a great rebounder. He doesn't do very many big man things. He's kind of just a three-point shooter. And so that does really scare me as far as the Obi Toppin and, and Julius Randle proposition is concerned. So maybe it's finally the time you bust that out again. It's been a long time since Tibbs took a chance with that lineup. But maybe against Memphis, it's the team to do it with since they like to run so much. Maybe that allows you to kind of match their tempo a little bit. Um, but I guess we'll see. It's, it's unfortunate, though, it, you know. It, it kind of stinks. Like the Knicks have managed to stay so healthy at every other position this year, by and large, except for center. And they just, they seem kind of snake bitten, you know, with Mitch getting injured twice. Uh, Noel has missed, you know, some, some time sporadically. Um, just not, not a great time overall at that position. So hopefully they can make it work, but I, I do generally agree with your assessment. I mean, if he's going to be out for like the whole road trip, God forbid, like, yeah, they, they're probably going to lose at least one more game than what you figured they were going to lose uh, going into the the road trip here. But hopefully, I mean, at this point, you kind of just hope he can get healthy for the playoffs. Um, and, and hopefully it's not super major. I, he did seem to walk off okay from what it seemed like off the court. So I have faith that it's at least not like a grade two or grade three sprain. Hopefully it's a relatively minor grade one sprain and um you know he's not going to be kept out for too long and he'll just he'll be able to play with it wrapped you know and uh and you know just wrap it up real good put like a maybe a a little brace on it while he's playing or something and be able to play on it that way but for a guy that's pretty reliant on his quick twitch athleticism to be effective i i don't i wouldn't want him to be out there unless i knew that he could also pull off you know the the baiting dunks and layups and whatever and and then blocking the guys into oblivion which is like a signature at this point you know he would need to be able to demonstrate that he'll do that because if you can't have him out there doing that sort of stuff he's he's going to get pushed around and 
you know, for a guy who already has has his issues with dealing with bigger players and stuff, you don't want to put him out there against someone who's going to be, you know, potentially putting him in a position to to re-injure that ankle. So my main hope is just that he can uh, figure it out for the playoffs at this point. But on that happy note, <laughs> once again, the Knicks have already secured a 500 record for this year. So let's we can be happy about that. Uh, Gavin, unless you had anything else to add, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna wrap this up here. Now, a uh, quick uh, shout out to uh, R.J. Barrett, who I don't I don't think we got to had had a really good night, um, but it wasn't um, it was it wasn't anything out of the ordinary for him. He's he's been throwing great passes. He's been he's been bombing threes. He's been getting to the rim. Just just typical star R.J. And I think I think that's a that's a good good theme to end on. That this is this is the same old Knicks now, and it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, and actually one other thing, uh, shout out to former Locked On Knicks guest, Ed Cohen, normal radio vo- voice of the Knicks, who was on the call tonight on TV with Clyde, and did I you, thought he did a pretty good job. Did you hear the, uh, apparently, like, uh, I, I, I think I missed it in the moment, but Clyde accidentally called him Mike at some point, and like, uh, Ed, Ed, to his credit, had a really good recite. He's, he's like, you know what, it, it, it's an honor that you that you mistake me for Mike Breen. Um, so I I, 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 pre- I appreciated that. It was, it was fun on all counts. Uh, yeah, shout out to Ed. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, no, no, no shout to Kenny Albert, who, who I've, uh, who actually, spoke, this is a real sidetrack, but he spoke in my broadcasting camp a few times when I was growing up and is an incredibly nice guy. But if we're, if we're ever, this is, this is the ultimate niche episode up my alley. If we're ever taking odds, on uh, who the post Mike Breen Knicks announcer is, I, I think uh, I think Ed Ed would be my personal favorite in the locker room. Though it would it would be incredibly satisfying if the Knicks could uh, could steal Ian Eagle from the Nets, despite all their success. Ian, little known fact, actually grew up a Knicks fan, so I would I would hold out hope. And I think I think just just the sheer satisfaction of robbing Nets fans of him, and the fact that I think behind Breen he's the best play by play announcer on earth. That would be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I liked, uh, and not to go too far off track before we end the show, but I liked uh, Ed's kind of chemistry with Clyde more than more than Kenny's too, I think. And that's not a, like a big knock on Kenny Albert, who, who again, seems like a nice dude, but I liked overall Ed's rapport with Clyde. It was a little more Mike and Clyde-esque, although there's no, absolutely, there's no, like, in almost all of sports replicating that relationship, but... Um, yeah, I thought he did a good job from that perspective. He still caught it, it's an adjustment for him, you could tell. He still calls things kind of like the radio, where it's it's very like, you know, he he's trying to get every single thing called there and he doesn't take too many asides, you know, to kind of discuss things with Clyde when you could just let the the pictures do the talking for you. But um oh no, good job by by Ed. Dude, it's it, it's it's hard to do. It's yeah. I, I can it's I've never really I, I really, really empathize. With it, because when when you're doing radio, not again, we're getting really in the weeds, and we, we, we can't help ourselves. We can't do a short episode, but um, you you almost get like PTSD. You're like you're so paranoid about missing anything, and like it's kind of drilled into you. Like you you need to like I mean obviously like call it as if like you're describing the game to a blind person, um, and, and paint that kind of picture. And then and then for if like when he's doing that all season, and you flip to TV, and it's like all right, well you're just you're just kind of captioning what's going on. Very hard to do. Shout out to Ed Cohen. Yeah, and that is it for this episode of Locked On Knicks. But if you just got done with this episode and you want to get caught up on all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes, check out the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. 
Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And this has been Locked On Knicks. Until next time, which, spoiler alert, will be tomorrow. It's back-to-back. This has been Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw. We will talk to you all soon. Peace out.